All right, you know what time it is. It's the Pals Podcast. Welcome back. My name's George Boutsalis. And I'm Ricky Liordi. And for this week's episode, we had our good pals, Adrian Simon, Matthew Smeaton. They're part of Northside Management, which also manages Loud Luxury, the boys, the people that created our intro banger. Yeah, those guys. Ever heard of them? Body? That's what I thought. Yeah, we had a great conversation. They told us about how they got started in the music management industry, some of their funnest and most interesting stories about being on tour. So take a listen. Yeah, a big shout out to our sponsors for the episode, Universal Nutrition. I mean, if you know anything about working out, which I obviously do, <laughs> uh, let me tell you, they're the best in the biz. You got Animal Stack, you got M Stack, you got Cuts, you got Multivitamins, you got Egg Pro, you got Whey Protein. Need I say more? Check out their website, link in the bio. My pal, LFG. Let's go. So right. welcome, Adrian and Matthew, to the Pals Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's it's long time overdue. Yes. So I guess, well, Smee- Matthew's real name is Matthew, but we're going to refer to him as Smee. I thought you were going to say Matthew's real name is Smee. <laughs> no, no. So we're going we're gonna to refer to him as Smee, just in case anybody's wondering. And then Adrian. Um, yeah, so welcome, guys. I guess we usually start by just kind of tell us about what you guys have been up to during COVID. Um, How the last couple months been? Well, it's been a stark difference for, for me, at least, because I was traveling i would say you know 75 80 percent of the time and then you know on march 12th (laughs) yeah basically i was at i think i was in the dallas airport on my way to las vegas or miami or first i was going to go to miami and then we were like oh the miami show just got canceled and then we were um i was like oh i'll just go to vegas because that's tomorrow night's show and then that one got canceled i was like i'm just going back to toronto i guess there's nothing nothing left for me to do at airports so yeah. Well, I even know because we were in Scottsdale right before this happened. I mm-hmm. was gonna come. I was gonna extend my Vegas trip to hang out with you guys in Vegas for a night. Yeah, you were supposed to be there that yeah. weekend. Yeah. Yeah, and then I was like, I guess I figured the show was gonna get canceled, mm-hmm. so I was like, yeah, I, I better yeah. get home too because world's locking down. Did it? Time. Wait, you, it got canceled and you flew back? No, so you, I, I remember was, you. I was came supposed back. to fly back to Friday. I think the boys were playing on Saturday. Yeah. It was like the yeah. like Wet Republic, Wet Republic opening, opening weekend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That would be sick. And I was like, I'm going to extend. And then I'm like, I saw the rumblings in Vegas. And I'm like, oh, man, like this is. It's going to go bad quick. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I got to get home. Yeah. I remember when we were, in, we were in Scottsdale, me and Rick, when this was first starting. And like, obviously, our mentality changed a bit now. But we're like all hanging out there. We're on like a bachelor trip. And I remember just thinking, we're like, how bad can this be? Like, it's the flu. We'll be fine. Like, Rick's like, I'm going to Vegas. I'm going to keep yeah. living my life. Like, if I die, I die. These are like, man, you should probably be careful, Rick. Like, Vegas is not a good place to be. Like, all these people jamming at a casino and clubs. Rick's like, fuck it. I'm go- part of my language. Like, is it- I'm well, you can remember. Uh, he's like- no, the week before, I was actually, I was in Vegas on March 6th or 7th, something around there. And, um, like we were talking to like the team we work with down there and everything and there was no like people were you know aware of it and conscious of it but there was no feeling like imminently everything was going to shut down or anything like there wasn't like this like you know it, it i think it started when uh what's his name from the utah it was a utah rudy, rudy, rudy yeah, gobert rudy Gobert, yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> when he he got uh, got diagnosed that then the nba shut down then the ncaa uh, shut down the nhl shut down everything and then within 48 hours everything was done yeah, yeah. So that was crazy. Speaking of Rudy Gobert, like that's what's kind of interesting, right? Like 
either he was gonna catch it or he wasn't, or what he did was karma and like you know I think he touched <laughs> oh the mic. Yeah. Well, that was Boy. the best part of it. Was yeah. just like, <laughs> man, you screwed that one up. Big yeah. time. <laughs> it's just bad because you then you feel like he did it as like just to be lighthearted, but then you feel like a, when you get it, you feel like an idiot, and then yeah. his teammates oh, yeah. got it. So you assume like and then you just I mean, you for sure, but like Donovan yeah. Mitchell got it, the best player on that team, mm-hmm. and then you just feel like a, I mean, I'm assuming you felt like an asshole because like you wanted to be funny. And then you get it. I mean. And especially looking back to on how serious this has gotten oh, yeah. in terms of all the cases, deaths, everything. And that clip will be replaying for time. Yeah. He oh, was yeah. like the catalyst the plays of, the of it, like of the yeah. beginning. I mean, it wasn't him that started it, obviously, but yeah. like he was like the catalyst of everything going out. Yeah. Like, it's like the meme that'll stick with it yeah. forever. Yeah. Like when COVID hit and yeah. it'll show him just doing, just this, doing just the like, mic thing. Yeah. It's not... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, pretty toned up. I'm surprised they didn't have bigger backlash because if it happened like right now, oh, yeah. I mean, but anyways, we're early on, so yeah, what can you do? Yeah, you, yeah. you boys look good. Thank you. You guys look healthy. It, yeah, like I know Adrian, you're down what twenty pounds? Yeah, about fifteen. Fifteen wow. pounds. Yeah. Like, it's a big difference. I might have like, put mm. two or three back on ever since you know <laughs> patios and bars yeah, became a thing again. That's yeah, common, yeah. right? What <laughs> yeah. you guys been doing? Eating healthy? Well, I know, but tell yeah. tell everybody. I mean. uh we quit drinking for about 90 days. Well, that was pretty good. So it's, um, you know, Matt works with me. So, um, you know, we, when all this happened, we just kind of only saw each other, we were, down. you know, uh, just trying to, uh, do the best in terms of facilitate sort of life during, uh, coronavirus. And, uh, and yeah, in that time, it's, it's great. Cause like the, the problem is, you know, when you're in airports all the time, when you're going out all the time, when you're in places where there's amazing food and, you know, not always the healthiest food and weird hours of eating, you can't end up eating like crap a lot. Yeah. So this was a great opportunity to, you know, kind of cleanse a bit, not drink. Uh, I, he never was smoking, but I quit smoking. Nice. Congrats. Um, so it's been, uh, actually today, it's been a month today since, nice. uh, since I quit smoking, but, um, hopefully that lasts. And, uh, yeah, it just gave us a chance sort of to be a little bit, live a little bit normaler of a life versus yeah. before when it was just, you know, the wild west. Yeah, and it's tough because again, like you said, you're going to so many good restaurants. How do you say, yeah, I'm gonna get a salad? Yeah, I'm gonna get the side salad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just meanwhile you got like George is getting veal veal chops, Smeez is getting a steak. Well, it's every, everywhere you go, the worst part about every restaurant, I always did this. The only time I could ever eat healthy was in the hotel uh restaurant bar, bar or whatever yeah. of like the Sheridan or something. Yeah. Where there was nothing exciting on their menu. But anytime that like, you know, a promoter would take us out or or anything like that. It, I'd always say, okay, I'm going to get like the healthy option or I'm going to get the vegetarian or whatever. Yeah. And then as soon as you walk in and it's like our bison burger with extra cheese was <laughs> voted by all of Texas as the greatest burger in the world. It's like, yeah. well, obviously I'm going to get the bison burger. Like I'm not going to get, you get suckered. Or yeah. you guys, like, you guys are in Vegas a lot. So like, yeah. I mean, going there, like Chang's there's and... infinite possibilities too. After like the, after the show is that's the word, the like, room service is yeah. out of control there oh, too. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Well, and the drinking, like that's probably the, the big, drink, the drink yeah. when big. you drink, it's basically all empty calories and you're not just having a couple of drinks. Like I thought I was being healthy drinking vodka, sugar free Red Bull. Yeah. Vodka sodas. <laughs> and stuff. It's like, yeah, <laughs> It's no. healthy until you have 15 of them in a the yeah, night, right? Absolutely. And the so, problem is, is that every single time that we're going and doing a show, that's their night. And while, meanwhile, you've been on the road five shows in a row and all of a sudden they're like, this is, we've been waiting for this show for <laughs> six yeah, months. Like, yeah. You see the same like, you know, promoters or, or venue staff, club managers, whatever. You only see them once or with the exception of Vegas, you only see them once or twice a year. So even if you're like five days in a row of nonstop shows or whatever it is, and you, all you want to do is sleep. They're like, I've been waiting for three months to see yeah. you guys. Da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden, they're like, shot, shot, shots. And it's like, fuck. 
I twist my arm. <laughs> yeah. That's got to be the hard part too. Like, I mean, you know, it, it's got to be cool to see all these people, meet these people, and it brings energy, which probably at times when you don't want to like get out and go, it probably wakes you up a little bit and gets you mm. excited. But that's got to be like, you know, it's like, okay, fine, I'm going to take a break. But then they expect you to be on always, like you guys, you know, the performers and the DJs and all that stuff. So that's got to catch up to you pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about, have you guys been working out at all? I know things, you guys have been going on for some daily walks. A bit. Like, I mean, you know, we uh i bought some weights and stuff like that it's tough i mean there's no gyms really around i didn't have a home gym or anything um but you know i'm trying to do the uh minimum fifteen thousand, but ideally twenty thousand steps a day oh wow yeah that's nice. which helps helps a lot and golfing we're, mm-hmm. I mean, golfing yeah we, we played a couple we've been rounds. Doing it. Yeah. yeah we played probably one of the worst nine hole courses in the city of toronto uh park park <laughs> I don't even Parkside, park, Parkdale, Parkside, Park, <laughs> something like that. I don't that. know, man. This it was Smeeds <laughs> like rips on like two fifty right off like hole one, tees one off two fifty down the fairway. We get out there like two fifty, and it's just can he find his ball? All there is just is like Danny 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 everywhere on the fairway. Like, and then like, what? Like, like the fifth hole, there's a dead crow right yeah, in the middle of the of the fairway. They and don't like, maintain this. No, 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 and, no, no, and the worst part, it wasn't like a dead crow, like it must have died an hour ago. This no, thing was like dried up. <laughs> like the bugs weren't even yeah. interested in it anymore. Yeah, like Jesus. it was, it was, it was definitely bad. But you know what? Twenty five bucks around. You know? Yeah, really, <laughs> do you know what? Like, we spent twenty five bucks a lot worse than that. Like definitely, yeah, it's true. It's worth it to hang out with the boys for an and afternoon. And then, do you even remember right at the uh, the last hole, there was the pair ahead of us that oh, did the only power cart, and it broke down. Come they had to push the their power cart to up the, the final hole. Yeah. Wait, there was only one. Hold on. First of all, only one power two. cart? There were two, oh, power, two? two power <laughs> for carts the entire for the entire course. Shut up. Not There's no kidding. sand in the sand traps. Oh, yeah. just bare <laughs> Where is this course? <laughs> Goreway, south, Gore, south of 2407. So, so I safe to say worst course you ever played in your life? Hands down the Hands worst down. course. Like <laughs> yeah. I've played I've seen like putting greens, like better courses. Yeah. yeah. Like I'd rather like go to like the a Walmart parking lot would have given it a run for <laughs> yeah. its money. Like it was it was Well, rough. are you guys are you guys big golfers? Like do you play a lot? Or? I mean we we're terrible, but we're trying to, you know. Yeah. I think with all all of what's going on, it's it's our escape to get outside. Yeah, so we've yeah. been I mean, I've played for a number of years not well, but just been out on the course. <laughs> yeah. Adrian's uh, started to pick it up in the last little while, so we're nice. just—I mean—learning and, and getting out there as much as possible. Yeah, so. speed is similar you, to me in terms yeah. of skill level. Okay, yeah. and it gives you that excuse. I mean, it makes it easy—not excuse—it makes it easier to hit that two thousand steps and stay active. If you're yeah. walking and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, nice. And very nice. Yeah, definitely. Because you know what? Sometimes it's tough, especially after all of COVID. And it's it's tough to hit two thousand or sorry, however, fifteen thousand, twenty thousand steps or fifteen thousand steps if you're not really doing much downtown when it's cold. It's tough to really get out like early march mid-march when this all started mm-hmm. now again nice day okay go hit a couple balls now, now practicing social distancing so you feel a little bit good when you do it mm-hmm. yeah have you guys added any like supplements vitamins anything to the regimen like i mean I, I, spiritual or whatever or it's called spirulina spirulina, spirulina. spirulina. Okay. Like that. okay that's the only cleanse one. the body get yeah. like all that stuff out we, we got to get you guys in on some of this protein that uh, universal <laughs> nutrition sent us a, yeah, sent us a, bunch, actually, a couple they sent us like egg pro ISO way, creatine, we got to get you guys some. It's honestly so good. The strawberry ice cream one, double chocolate chip too. So good. Yeah. So yeah. Well, Rick's, uh, Rick's big into the supplements. So he, yeah, like, get, he tells him what to get. Yeah. I mean, get, I mean it's, it's a lot to take. It's nice, it's it's nice good, like yeah. after your workout because unless you're eating, like, maybe it's good for you guys because you are eating healthy. You're eating right after your walks and everything. When I'm on the go, it's so tough to just sit down and have like a good meal. It's like you just, I did a 45 minute workout. I'm on, a, on my way to work. I'm rushing. It's like, F, I don't have the time to sit down and F. 
F. I'm trying not this to swear. This guy doesn't swear. He doesn't, I'm trying not to swear as much. So funny. You can swear. Yeah, so then uh, so I'll just grab a quick shake and I'll hit the road. And at least you, you cover yourself for the next two to three hours, right? So we'll, yeah. uh, we'll definitely get you guys some. Georgie's got the strawberry ice cream. I got the double chocolate chip. Ooh, yeah, man. you're big into that stuff, though. I'm not... Uh, I mean, I, 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 I like it, but I hear yeah. like you're a big suppies guy. Yeah, a big suppies. Universal's guy. your go-to. I tried what yeah. was the, I tried green tea extract. I was up for like two days. I really? Yeah, really? I, I popped a couple of those pills. Those I guess it has like a like a tablet. Yeah, like a bunch of caffeine in them or yeah, whatever. Yeah, he's, he's not a coffee drinker, and I don't so. drink coffee. Like really? I don't, yeah, but really? I. I did you sugar free Red Bull? Love sugar free Red Bull. <laughs> so it's the same thing. Basically, like, <laughs> but only when I'm drinking though. Only when you're not drinking. like okay. on a normal like I wake up in the morning. I don't no cough or no caffeine of any sort. It's just when I'm out partying or drinking, then I I do the Red Bull to I guess counteract that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes, makes sense. Well, what's a what's a regular every day? Okay, let's go pre COVID. What's a normal day for you guys look like? Let's say you're for middle of, middle of nights like this tour, and I guess we should have pre prefaced that. Like for those who don't know. Smeeds and Adrian are the managers or management company for Loud Luxury. If you don't know who Loud Luxury is, you live under a rock. Basically, yeah. they had the banger body, nights like this, uh, EP. They had I'm Not All Right, which is our podcast theme song. So if you haven't banger, heard them all right, then yeah, you're song. basically yeah. living under a rock. So these guys are the faces and the people behind the Loud Luxury boys. So yeah. what's a normal day for you guys look like? Um, ours are a little different. I mean... I'm mostly on the phone, I would say, 80% of the day, um, mostly communicating with, with Joe and Andrew, with our agent, or, um, uh, you know, just um, my, my business partner or anything in between. Um, it, it really depends, but um, that and uh, and a lot of conversations with the promoters that book uh, Joe and Andrew and, um, you know, all over, uh, we, we try to have a really good relationship with, you know, the people who are booking us because at the end of the day they're the ones who are you know putting their money on the line and putting their their reputation on the line to uh to throw some good parties and throw shows with us so um i'd say that's for the most part um you know what i do the during the nights like this tour was a little different that was uh matt was on the bus the entire time um Living that that tour I, life oh, I, do, I do not envy <laughs> that oh boy i was the only one on the entire tour everyone else took a break from the bus i was for 76 days the only person even the bus driver left i was the oh, only yeah. person who stayed and slept Smee, on the Smee's bus the getting entire his AZ, time started driving the bus <laughs> basically <laughs> you know? but yeah i mean it um but it all depends it's just um every day is a little different which is kind of the nice part but no boring um, days no no boring days no, at certainly all certainly not yeah. so do you find that a lot of the promoters who book them are reoccurring promoters so oh, it's yeah, like yeah. they'll book one show then the next year same thing boom or is it maybe twice a year or something um a lot of the promoters are kind of the same, um, you know, and they and they they book in multiple areas. Like there's this one guy, Tim Benito, and he'll book us in, you know, Boston, all over Connecticut, Rhode Island, Cleveland, you know, Philadelphia. So it's like one group that's booking eight, eight to multiple ten Multiple different um, venues or even different uh, cities. You know, there's um, other ones that like, you know, there's another guy, Thomas, who's in like all of Arizona. He does like Phoenix, Scottsdale, um, you know, uh, Scottsdale. Uh, oh yeah, Scottsdale. Um, Scottsdale. He'll do New Mexico. Uh, you know, so it's really like uh, a lot of times it's like a regional thing where the, a lot of buyers will 
um, they'll book you like almost for an, a mini tour in a weird way. And you put a bunch of the mini tours together to make one big tour. Big tour yeah. Well, same thing kind of in Ontario, right? We do that, the university circuit, mm-hmm. Guelph, London. Yeah. Like you used to do that. Yeah. Kind yeah, of stuff. yeah, yeah or like Rob Citrulli yeah, used to do that stuff. Yeah. Pooplin and those guys. Pooplin, yeah. 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 You, you book know. the five, six shows and just make it. Kingston, Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, Kitchener, Waterloo. Exactly. Do you find as the, as the guys were like coming up and building that name, it was it more like, would you do more like one-off shows with smaller guys or was it like the same big guys who would do multiple shows but they would do like one show here, one show there and then as it expands, you deal with the same people? How, does it what, change as it gets bigger? When the guys were coming up, a lot of times we did uh, support shows. So like, you know, they opened for like Oliver Heldens, they opened for Dubs, they opened for um, uh, a bunch of different DJs. Yeah. And in those cases, it was more so just us sort of taking what we can get in Got terms it. of like we weren't really the reason why, you know, those shows were happening it was just you know it would be a favor from the artist to the artist manager to like you know have us be the support on those shows tiesto was very instrumental in that early on yeah yeah um it's how we met a lot of these promoters in the first place but they were not really booking us as much and in their in the early early days it was there was only a couple of guys that guy i mentioned before like tim benito he's one of the the first ones um there's other guy, Najib, who uh, he's the booker for Insomniac, which they throw EDC and oh, stuff. Yeah, but yeah. He, he was early, early on to us. Um, and yeah, a couple other guys like that that, you know, um, that were there, I would say, in early 2018, uh, late 2017, early 2018. But before that, I mean, it was we, we were just taking what we yeah. could get. Kinda, building that you know? name, building the brand and everything like that. Yeah. And, and, and kind of, I don't want to say hiding behind, but basically being under that the safety blanket of let's say you know dubs who would sell you know 2000 tickets or something yeah. and you know and we didn't we we didn't have to feel the burden of like you know in order to make this show happen we need to move tickets right yeah yeah so. well, and sorry go ahead, no, no, go ahead. And, well, we'll get to you after too but adrian how'd you start in artist management because i don't know many people kind of wake up one day and say you know what i when i'm older i want to go into artist management i honestly i it used to it was a joke because i used to tell people i was never going to be an artist manager um, I wanted to stay in the track of being a talent buyer and a promoter. I mean, when we first all, of, uh, at least us three, when we met, um, you know, it so was a little, little past tense here. We all met, or minus me, it's me, Adrian and Georgie met probably in the dungeons of Riva on yeah. college street. I don't even know if that bar is still around. I doubt it. Like, man, those, uh, the parties we had in that back, back when I room. thought I was the coolest DJ. Yeah, when George, the club. George was the coolest DJ back then. <laughs> I used to think I was like, like everybody's yeah. coming in to see me play this place, and like no one had any idea. <laughs> the real, real wake up. Yeah, call. so we've known each other probably a good that was ten, like 10 years, years now. now. Yeah. yeah. Happy 10 year anniversary, like boys. Right? Yeah, 9, 12, 10, 12, yeah. Probably 2009, give or take. Yeah, yeah, so it's been at least 10 years. And yeah, so I mean, um, one of the ways that we all started hanging out, being friends, it was when we worked together, places like sky bar at the government oh, sky bar. yeah oh yeah sky bar. remember the let's talk about the packages for a second best and package it was like ever. a thousand bucks get you three bottles of hookah and like it was the, three cups. bottles of gray goose or belvedere or whatever a bottle of the fake champagne, champagne. four red bulls four waters and a hookah 990 dollars yeah. all, all in. in all in like That's so and you got your own cabana on the and roof own cabana we used to sell those steady and then me and adrian and like our close people like you georgie yeah, yeah. we would just chill at a separate table with like four bottles for ourselves yeah. because we got two comp each yeah like, yeah yeah man those are the those are some good times i forgot we're about like, those sky bar we're parties. 22 years old or something oh, 21 man. years old yeah actually are- you heard it here first assignment media crowned entertainment anniversary party it's happening at the, end, it actually, at the end of the summer at the end of the summer it's yeah, you guys need a dj it's, i know a guy. <laughs> 
Tell tell uh, tell, already tell booked, the boys. Tell Loud Luxury want to play. They got open for me. <laughs> we got Mike play under my cover. We got Mike Jacinto, Rob Citrullo. That would be really. That would be fun. Just bring all the bring everyone back together. Bring the gang back together. And Andrew Reddy's gonna be our head promoter. Perfect. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're gonna tell Andrew Reddy if people need cover and they gotta get in. They gotta call Alexander. That guy would. I remember any club like always. I probably like he's always telling me if you need to get in, just let me know. I'll come get you. And then like people would be like, Hey, you're with Alexander. I can't reach. Him. And he's like, he's like, don't respond, don't respond. I want to let Ricky go get them. <laughs> that guy Classic. did not want to deal with anybody. Yeah, no, he was the worst, he was the but best. he was also the best. He was the best. He um, the best. sorry, continue. But yeah, I mean, that was um, I did the promoting thing um, for a few years, and um, and then I got a job here in Toronto at Ink Entertainment, uh, working in the music department. And, and for those who don't know, uh, oh yeah, is- Ink does. Um, you know, they uh, operate and own Veld Music Festival, um, Rebel Nightclub, Cabana Pool Bar, Toy Box, which used to be Union Nightclub, uh, Cube Nightclub, uh, Dragonfly Niagara Falls, and a bunch of other restaurants and well, stuff yeah, One like of the that. bigger event companies probably yeah, in, in Canada. Yeah, maybe the uh, definitely would be in the range of the biggest, at least, nightlife and hospitality company for Canada. And uh, a great company to work for. I mean, I learned so much there. And, um, and the, the nice part about it, too, is when I started working there was when things were just starting to happen like veld was just beginning you know um uh digital dreams was just uh um you know acquired by the company by ink uh in terms of uh, being operated on the music side and the talent side by ink uh solaris music festival just started il sonique in montreal which oh, is one of the other we ones. Went to one that was a sick festival yeah so we had a good time out there. It, w- it was a good you know it was a great opportunity for me to really learn specifically about the dj world and the electronic music world and how it operates and um and yeah just over the years working there and um and one of the tours that I did was uh, a Chainsmokers tour in uh, 2000. It was January 2015, where um, where Inc. did the New Year's Eve party with them at the Government Nightclub. But then I did the surrounding. It was I, I forgot the cities. I think it was like uh, Niagara, Hamilton, Waterloo, Barrie, London, and maybe somewhere else. Yeah, the, it was the, like the, the, the usual. Horseshoe, yeah. It was during like Frost Week, like the first yeah. week of January, right after New Year's. So. Did the I love whole, how time out, like schools just made that up like Frost Week. Yeah, it was just like, that's just a party. Made, yeah, it's just a made up term that <laughs> it was like well we have made Frost up the party. Week, so we can just do Frost Week. <laughs> yeah, now. like why not? Makes sense, right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Easy way to make some money on some parties. Yeah, let's make some more money on parties. Yeah, why not? Basically, I mean it worked though. So um, yeah, I did that, and then in um, in London, I I'd heard of Loud Luxury before because they were like you know university DJs that had played a couple of shows here and there and. Uh, but they weren't really like, you know, they were like the opening DJ guys, or they yeah. would be like, you know, the resident DJs. And and when I um, when I did the show at London Music Hall, I had asked the uh, the owner there, like, who's like Mike rel- Manuel? Uh, it was yeah, Dimitri yeah. and Dimitri, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd asked them. I was like, um, so who's like like the the go to DJ that I can like book that isn't gonna play like a you know a trash set? Like, we'll sell some tickets. We'll like. You know, like who are half decent, and he's like, "Oh, Loud Luxury, have to go. Like, you have to book Loud Luxury. They they do all of our shows here, or whatever. They're always the opening DJs, and they sell tickets." And I was like, "All right, cool." So they gave me Joe and Andrew's phone, or I think it was Joe's phone number, and um, I was like, "Hey guys, I'm gonna put you on as the the openers for Chainsmokers, but you know, I want you to sell some tickets because, of course, I was yeah, being greedy out. at the no. time, you know." And then um, I was like, but that was a common. But that thing, was the, right? no, they, that was how their, it was yeah. back in. But the that day, was right? their hustle. Was that they like you know they played a good set. 
and you always knew and they were well connected right that they would push they would promote the event yeah Yeah, exactly so i didn't know andrew back in the day but like joe used to dj for me all the time oh yeah because it was you would have been i went to western too right joe was closer to my age and anytime we had a party because one he was good and he was well connected he was in the frat scene he knew a lot of people so it's not like he was just sell tickets, like, bring people. It's not like he was George, yeah. just roll up by himself, thinking he's God's gift. <laughs> I still sold tickets. I was forced. Yeah. I had to no do the same kind of thing. No one can songs in a row better than George. <laughs> <laughs> we made this joke many times. I I remember my like. I'm not even getting to it again. But like, I remember near the end, after I got that Cobra residency, Cobra <laughs> London. I thought I was like. I made it, and like I would play it one set up from Max Vangeli, and I was playing like bangers. And he taps me on the shoulder, he's like, "Hey, he's like, do you mind bringing it down a bit?" And then I remember Ollie coming up to me, he's like, "Yo, you know you can't do that, right? Like it's not your show." <laughs> and I remember I realized real quick that like if I didn't stop, like Maddie was gonna kick me out of Cobra. Anyways, but I did sell some tickets, yeah, George, some was tickets. Good too. George was good. Um, sorry, continue. But um, I remember that. So I asked him, I'm like, "You know, how many tickets do you want me to like get you guys over so you can start selling some tickets?" And I remember Joe was like. Yeah, give me like 150 or something like that, or give me like 200. And you're like, and I'm what? like, no way. Okay, I was like, I've been down this road with with promote. We've all been in this, especially you, Ricky. I know you. Like, <laughs> yeah, we've been Guilty. down this road with promoters before, where they're like, oh yeah, I'll sell 100 tickets, and they sell five, and then you're you're stuck with 95 dead day tickets. Of the show. And all, the day of the show, your counts are all off, and then you're just like, it just sucks. Yeah. So I was like, I think I was like, I'll start you guys with 50, and they just blow through the 50, and then they blow through like another. Are we good? Yeah, you're good. You're good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then they blow through. So they blow through 50 and then another 50. And then by the time the show's settled, Joe's literally walking into the production office of London Music Hall day of the show with like 350 tickets worth of, fuck, of, of cash. And I was like, what? do you want to play Veld this summer? I <laughs> <laughs> think these are my guys. These yeah. guys know what's up. But then when the, the best part was, I mean, they hustled, but. I, once it like towards the summer i was like man i think they actually have something like not only did they you know where they they knew how to like because you gotta know how to hustle to be a dj as well it's not just like you know you can't just be a a good musician and only just expect that you know if you post a song on soundcloud then the you know the world will just take notice like they they were hustling they already had gotten in touch with oliver heldens got their music on his podcast got in touch with a couple other djs and like they were really like, you know, grinding. Zach and Torres, like they were really trying to like they were pushing it. And um and yeah, it just it it made sense at that point where um it was like if if I was going to manage anyone, it was going to be them. Yeah. And uh took a couple of years to get things off the ground and and put things in order, but uh I mean it 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 worked. <laughs> it yeah. worked. Oh, yeah. Obviously, yeah. It's funny because people will only they'll look back and I guess I'm sorry. Is that a picture of Danny DeVito with rum ham? Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, I thought I will wait, pay wait. you five hundred dollars. We we got we got to show that on the screen after. Holy, no, I, I don't know where I got that from. I think I mean I don't think it was that much. I mean, if you want it, I could gift it to you. If you want oh it. I would do <laughs> any of that for the office. That's, no, it's going in my boat. Yeah. Do, you want, do you honestly want it for the boat? You have no idea that the Listen, rum hand. You, you know what? We're just taking on the boat you tomorrow. Know, no, no, no. Not even a ticket. But every time that I've seen you guys out, you guys have obviously been great. So my gift to you if you want it. No, no I can never It's, do it's that. like a placeholder there. I, like, I had nowhere to put it. I had to put it there. I do love it, but I know where to get another one. So if you want it, my gift to you. I, I, okay. I'm more than happy. We, we'll discuss later. <laughs> yeah. We're going to discuss the transaction. Oh, now, honestly, yeah. though, that is a legendary picture. I remember <laughs> I, found, so I bought this one, the Threat Level Midnight, but I saw the rum ham and like I had someone help me like lay out the frames and I was telling them what I was going to order. They're like, you cannot put a picture of Danny DeVito in your place. <laughs> like it does not fit with what you got That's, going on. Yeah. And I was like, this thing is legendary though. If you actually know what it's the story, but mm. anyways. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I, yeah, it's, it's pretty dumb. Sorry, I was like half distracted. <laughs> story. I just kept looking. No, yeah, it's, no but yeah, what I was saying one. is that a lot of people are going to look at like loud luxury and say, oh, well, body came out and then that was their, you know, rise to superstar. And it's like, yeah, that may be true, but there's years. Well, we, we actually had the thing a lot of people don't know is we had body com- completely completed for probably about a year prior to, and it's funny, there's actually a video. Sorry, how hard is it sitting on a song like that? Not, like you know this hard. is you know this is a like a banger. We knew it was and you good. gotta sit on we it. We didn't know how far it was gonna go, but there's yeah, actually something to become a like a viral sensation, like take over everywhere. But at this point, you know it's good. It, it's what? diamond in Canada, double platinum in the US, and in about a dozen different countries, it's re- reached some level of platinum or multi platinum. So yeah, it's like how many electronic bang. songs hit that hit that level? Like yeah. one of, it, that's no, no, pretty absolutely. Insane. We we knew it was gonna do well. Yeah, I just wanted it to be. I mean, we all wanted it to just be like a top 20 dance record in the u.s for like a minute and maybe a top 40 canadian record and if that happened we would have felt like you know like it did it did good and um but we had it beforehand there's actually a video somewhere deep on their um uh on their facebook page of us about 15 months before the song came out we teased body on like a recap video that we did or whatever um but it it had been around that long prior to the actual release date, but we wanted to solidify them a little bit more because we knew the record was special. We just didn't know how special it was going to be. So, uh, you know, we did a couple other releases. We did one with Borges, and we did one on Tiesto's record label on Musical Freedom, uh, Fill Me In. Yep. Um, and I, I think what then... We, we had did, Ryan on here maybe two months ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, say, Ryan it's a banger of a song. <laughs> No, it's still personally my favorite loud luxury song to date. But um, I think, uh, you know, and, and we did the Martin Garrix remix of Scared to be Lonely. Um, it helped give us at least like it, it didn't make them, you know, huge or blow up by any means, but it at least made it so that um, people kind of knew it got them in the room. Right. Yeah. It got them at least to the people who roughly knew who they were so that when we did release Body, it gave us a. Uh, a platform to do it on and, and have some sort of a base level of fans or other DJs kind of like with one eye on us. Yeah, you know? knowing who you guys are, yeah. Yeah. And then, so in terms of that side, so from your side doing like the, the talent buying side and all that with Inc., did that get... Did that allow you to help them like even push it farther to the different labels or did they do a lot of that hustling on their own? Like how did that work in their first releases and all that? Like, Well, we were... It was because so um, Zeko and Taurus uh, are both great friends of mine and because of you know my relationship with Zacco and one of the shows that we booked um uh Tiesto for at uh I think it was Labor of Love in like I don't know when it would have been like 2016 or something like that yeah um so through one of those shows I was able to give the intro for from Tiesto to uh to Loud Luxury just to like you know have that relationship and then I sent Tiesto over the um the 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 fill me in record and he was like, this is perfect. Like, let's release it. You know, let's go. So that, wow. you know, it it definitely helped me be able to, you know, connect with, you know, certain artists, um, you know, with Armin Van Buren, whose label they're signed to right now, with Tiesto, uh, even like Borges and and uh, and some of them. It, it at least got me an opportunity because I, I knew these guys in a different light and in, in a different world on the booking and live entertainment side. Mm-hmm. So it was easier to, to make those connections for, for the guys. Nice. And then, so, I mean, from that point on, like, you guys release Body, and it starts to go, like, what's the initial reaction, like, as it's, like, 
climbing up are you like holy shit well, this is like far it was yeah, it didn't yeah it, it, it didn't was take it, off like okay. over a year yeah so what we what we did sam horton was in the because i remember hearing it and then everyone's like you hear this song i was like i'm pretty sure i've heard this before yeah. and then it was like on the charts and everyone's like it became like this like huge huge yeah hit. so it it actually took um the only radio station in the beginning that like started playing it right from the get-go oh, was z1035 big radio station i'm gonna get a huge shout out here. it was z1035 you hear um, that 925 99 you suck no 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 no, no. wait 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 <laughs> Bro, you cannot say that definitely not we got devo brown coming on in a couple of weeks so i can't say that i retract that <laughs> no but uh it was i mean uh, keep in mind though z103 is much more leaning towards dance music yeah. in general. I mean, I'm sure you guys remember growing up. I mean, the Drive at Five Street Mix, all the Eurodance music, Daddy, all that, like, all you know, that, yeah, live to air parties, everything. Yeah, all the live yeah. to or way back Wednesday. I mean, it, oh, Club Menage. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> I went been? once. Yeah. You, guys, you guys ever been? I mean, I, I went to, yeah. yeah, for it, sure. I went, to, I think I was underage when I went to Menage, actually. Probably. But, yeah. Second floor on King Street. <laughs> there, there? The, yeah. 333 King. Yeah. Three, where was that? Three, three, it's three where, uh, it's near where the cow is. Uh, what's the, the cow's restaurant on King? Outside Bill, uh, Bell Lightbox. The cow? It's like you know, King, King oh, and Peter, yeah, basically. Yeah, no, sorry, I know where it is. Above, um, and, I know where it Whatever. is. Whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Irrelevant. But uh, yeah, so um, uh, I totally lost my show. Oh, yeah. So Z103, the reason why they, I think, played it was more, most, more so because a big part of their programming is dance music. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the other radio stations across Canada are, are much more traditional top four. Like, sure, they'll play some dance music, but it'll, you know, play just as much dance. They will hip hop as everything else where yeah. Z leans towards it. But um, what happened was we went to, uh, we went to the U.S. and we focused mostly on playing um, private colleges and liberal arts colleges instead of playing Ohio State or, you know, UCLA or one of those, like, you know, crazier sort of schools because not because we didn't want to play those schools, but just because it's a little more, uh, we felt as though it's more special if you have these 2,500 person liberal arts colleges that are in Connecticut or, you know, uh, Albany, New York Missouri. or somewhere. Yeah. Missouri, wherever, because they don't get artists that come to their schools. I mean, you go to Penn state or Ohio state or wherever it is. It's like, Thursday loud luxury, Friday Diplo, Saturday Sap Rocky. Like yeah. that's just how yeah. you know. So although it'd be like you know, we didn't want it to be like oh cool loud luxury's here, but oh you know Diplo's here tomorrow or whatever. Going to these smaller schools gave us an opportunity to really resonate with these kids because we're the biggest artists that they're you know their school doesn't have budget to book you know Major Laser at yeah, one of their yeah. you know at their homecoming or something. Yeah. So it gave us a real unique opportunity to to. Um, grow very quickly in the college demographic in the u.s and um and through that it it actually started blowing up in that world before even it hit radio in canada in the first couple months of body being out it was actually bigger our numbers were much higher in the u.s than they were in canada really? and then eventually canada sort of like you know the radio stations here and the programmers and and everybody else kind of caught on a bit and then it just went from there isn't it traditionally speaking most canadian artists get bigger in canada first and then if they're big enough they'll they'll trickle down to the states because don't canadian radio stations have to play like a third of canadian music isn't they do it something they um, do yeah yeah so yeah. They, they it depends on what their license is or whatever yeah. but yeah basically about i don't know i think it's like 30 percent of music um on pretty much every radio station has to be cancon is what it's called yeah. um but a lot of times there's just so much um I, I hate to say this because I mean I'm Canadian. I'm in the music industry here, but 
there is so much bad Canadian music. <laughs> like I'm, I, I like, and I, I don't, I don't mean to say this in a, oh, in I, a bad way, but like, you know, there's just so much that's like, you know, it, it, it makes our radio sometimes not as great as it should be because it's, there's like this force of like there being, I mean, there's some artists that are like, you know, being pushed quite like 30, 40 plays a week. And it's not, it's one thing when it's Drake or the weekend or it's Bieber yeah. or whatever. But then there's these other artists that are like, you know, you're kind of like dumbing down the Canadian, you know, what Canadian music could be just by allowing this, you know, kind of noise on our, our radio. And, um, and I like the U.S. model a little bit better just because it's almost like let the best man win in yeah. a way, you know? Like, yeah. um, We're like almost caught in like giving like participation medals because we feel the need to get their music out there. And like you should support Canadian music, listen, but I, I think, you should play what what's deserves to be on the radio. And I, no, I, absolutely. I think that there should be, you know, uh, uh, I love that there's things like Factor, for example, which gives grants out the Ontario Music Fund. And there's, there's a lot of great things. There's you know, uh, streaming services like Spotify and Apple have Canada-specific yep. playlists or, or very heavily Canadian-influenced playlists. But when it comes to something that's from a strictly consumer standpoint, like radio or something, it's kind of you got to be like, you know, you can't say, oh, you know, we got to play less Beyonce and Ariana Grande because they're not Canadian and play a little more Canadian music. Like, yeah. you know, that's just me personally. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure every other Canadian artist and Canadian record label and everyone would probably shoot me for saying that but that's no, how I it, it makes feel. sense so you know it's funny why i know this CanCon thing and i just just remember this joe uh when joe was in fourth year well i was in fourth year i think we're the same age he had a residency on western radio mm -hmm. and he played like every friday and i remember i played a show with him or i had a show like where i invited him out to play with me at cobra london or something up on car like i asked him to come play and then he told me, he's like, by the way, I have a radio show. You want to come on anytime? Let me know. So I go on the radio show with him and he's like, he reminds me of the beginning. He's like, by the way, we got to play some Canadian content. Mm -hmm. And I was like 30% whatever. And I was like, what the hell? I don't know. I don't even know three <laughs> Canadian like electronic <laughs> artists. So I remember I'd play that, and I made that some like, ghosts and stuff on repeat. <laughs> pretty yeah. much, right? But yeah, like I knew that because I would like Joe had his residency and I'd play. Actually, he was sick on that residency. But um, yeah, I had no idea. And even like to that point, like. Again, you're trying to fit like square pegs into a round hole. Like you kind of have to force it on. Which again, it's good for for the industry and Listen, help grow it's, it. It's helped but some it, artists, like Dead Mouse, like you said. You know, definitely got more radio exposure because you know he was Canadian. Same with Zeko and Torres. Same with Dubs. Same with you know even Loud Luxury. I mean, it helped Loud yeah, Luxury. Yeah. But I just think that you know on radio, it's like thirty percent. You know, the percentages that they ask for is it's a little high. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I, there should be some sort of Canadian content involvement, but like. Just yeah. I, I music sorry, and music ebbs and flows, right? Like you might be a bunch of Canadian artists that release stuff right now and you can probably play sixty percent Canadian content. Oh, yeah, like yeah. if it's summertime and like, you know, all the all the electronic stuff starts coming out in spring, summer, or Drake has an album or just like Drake, The Weekend, Bieber, and Tory yeah. Lane. But then like, when they don't yeah. release but then when they don't release, that doesn't necessarily mean it's the best music. So you shouldn't just have to force it out, right? It should, it be, should be based on like a yearly yeah. or like a monthly there should be some sort of reform in it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I, what I took that a, is, a course at Western. I can't remember what it was, but I learned about this thing because apparently it's not just about who produces; it's the producer, the writer, yeah, uh, the it, label. It has to be uh, at least two out of four. It has to meet a certain amount of criteria. Yeah, so they have to be Canadian. Where the song was made, so it has to physically be made in a recording studio or whatever in Canada. Um, it has to the primary artist has to be Canadian. It has to be written by at least half Canadians. There's certain criteria yeah. that you have to fit which sounds crazy so even some drake songs 
aren't Canadian content because oh, he even, was in the States. Because he was in the States when he made it and he was only one of two artists on it or something. The other artist wrote half and he wrote half or whatever. Someone else produced it who wasn't Canadian or whatever it is basically makes it so that a, a Drake song or a weekend song isn't, isn't Canadian. Canadian, which is I, I remember learning about this in school and I remember thinking there's definitely ways around this loophole, right? Like yeah. there's oh, yeah. probably so many ways. <laughs> and then I did an internship at Sony with Danny Devlin actually. And he was like, no, like, these are the rules. And I was like, actually, I'm like, and people follow them? Like, really? So I guess there's, there are loopholes now, apparently. But uh, I thought that was funny because I was like, man, like, I would not play by the rules at all. If I was American, I would just start making Canadian content just so I get, at least get some radio hits in the state, in, in Canada. Yeah. If I'm from like, Buffalo, but also your like, your demographic, you're limited to like viewership yeah. and all that stuff. So I guess there's some pros and cons to it. Okay, well I guess when did Smeeds come on board? I was just gonna ask. That, uh, beginning of December 2018, because it was around Andrew's birthday. Right, Jingle Ball. Yeah. yeah. And so, was that the one at the ACC? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I was there. Yeah, that was What's the... What's that? What's uh, name? Oh, yeah. was there. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she was. <laughs> yeah, she was. Big uh, Dua Lipa guy. Big Dua Lipa guy. Yeah, I remember that. You might have Dua to fight Kalipa. Joe for that one. Oh, uh, Joe. Man, no. He can have her. He wins. <laughs> He's got a better shot. <laughs> it's funny because Joe, Joe, Joe normally is like, especially like, obviously he meets a lot of like people like, you know, just throughout this industry and a lot of them, some of them are like gorgeous actors or, or musicians. Gorgeous actors? Or oh, actresses. You call, actresses. So you call an actor. It's just actors now. Uh, actor, is that, that what you do? Is, I think so. Is that how it works? 2020 now, it's so. actors. Yeah, I think it's all, it's all Either actors. actors. It's like actors. there's no stewardess, it's just flight attendant. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But yeah. I mean, you know, uh, you know, Joe gets to obviously meet all sorts of people and he doesn't really get starstruck or googly eyed or anything. That's a celebrity crush. It was hilarious seeing, it was adorable seeing Joe meet Dua Lipa and keep in mind she's like insanely tall she's as like, well yeah five, like, ten. at least and I think she was wearing heels as well so like it was hilarious seeing Joe walk up to her and I forgot who it was it was someone from our label or something I think that introduced us and he's like oh and this is you know Joe from Loud Luxury and Joe's just like I, <laughs> <laughs> I just never heard that story and then he, she was, he was just like standing there kind of like just admire just like looking at her and she's like do you, do you want a picture? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she just cuddles him like yeah. a little boy. I remember my one of my celebrity crushes when we were at Western was Lights. You remember the, oh, uh, yeah, the Canadian yeah. singer Lights? Yeah, of course. I loved her. She played a show at some country bar in London. Uh, what was it called? It was it Cowboys? Cowboys? Cowboys. She played a John show at Cowboys. Legendary. And I remember Cow her so. Oh, still around? I think Mark yeah. Russell oh. might have set it up, I guess, like Premier Life or Mark Russell or, or uh, Derek did the show. He's like, do you want to meet her after? I was like, yeah, you get him like low key in love with her, and I'm like, man, I'm like, I got a shot at with lights, but like, no, don't, because like I'm just like some scrawny little fourth. Like, you just like, picture confident little Ricky going up. Yeah. Hey, lights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, when he's out, he thinks that like he's a center of attention anywhere. So yeah, I mean, man. I wouldn't put it past him, but he thought no, he was shot. but yeah, it was fine. But Smeeds, so you came on around 2018. What? How did you come on? I guess like what were you doing beforehand? So beforehand, I was working in spo sports sponsorship marketing, and I bounced around. A couple different jobs actually for years right after school but the way i got connected was that i knew joe and andrew in school at western yeah uh joe and i were in the same fraternity and andrew and i were in the same yeah, school you're sig too yeah yeah oh okay okay yeah. well he's he's younger than us so he would have been you were i think we said you were four first year when we were fourth yes yeah, yeah. Or you were just Six coming, house just was, coming was, in with was a good spot heaven and really hell party yeah. <laughs> heaven and hell party Oof. we can't those talk were, about that on the pod no, no that, those were uh 
Those are some great times. The St. Patty's Day parties, oh, the homecoming yeah. parties. Legendary. The bouncy castle actually one year. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I I got my start doing event production and I did like a number of festivals through the US and Canada because I'm originally from New York City. Oh, okay. And, but both my parents are from Toronto, so lucky enough with dual citizenship. Uh, and bounced around doing that. And Age then, is like dual citizenship. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, that was that was actually the Do I have to pay for a work visa for you? No? Great. <laughs> that was no? that was All right, you're so, hired. So uh, the first time that we had actually met, so the, so the guys, you guys needed a ride or someone to take us around because we had a mini tour. It was London. Oh, yeah. Peterborough. To Peterborough or Toronto oh. to Peterborough. And so yeah, London, Toronto, Peterborough. So Smee's the guy was the guy with the truck. So uh, we ended no, we ended we up renting a car, a budget, yeah, rental car, like the compact one. Like we all piled in there. Um, and it's like a Prius light. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, remembers. and that was the first time that, that we actually met. So we drove around, and, and you know, the guys needed a hand, so I was more than willing to help out. And then the first thing is that you're like, all right. So, you know, he was feeling me out, whatever. And the guys were like, oh, he didn't tell you the best part yet. He's a dual citizen. Adrian goes, all right, now we can talk now. (laughs) (laughs) This sounds a little more appealing. (laughs) All right, we're we're in. So, yeah, I mean, we were, we'd always been like chatting just in passing about, you know, different things. And then obviously when uh, Body, you know, had its like crazy rise, you know, he, there uh, more shows are coming in and a lot, you know, coming through on your table. And I believe that, Correct me if I'm wrong, but the guys said, or you would reach out to the guys and said, hey, is there anyone you, you guys, you know? Yeah, I mean, it was, um, the first person that I, I hired within Northside Artist Management was um, this guy, Greg, who, he was Dubs' tour manager. He had worked in Vegas at um, uh, Marquee Day and Nightclub. As hey, this the, is one of the things, we don't tell Greg that we shouted him out just to see if he listens. He'll never listen. You never, hey, come on. I talk to Greg every now and then. Like, yeah, Greg, I hope you're listening. He, if, he, if he did yeah. listen, he'll he'll do one of those things where he skims, he presses the 30 second the 30 button. Second all the way. Yeah. So he's definitely missing the shout out right now. Oh, yeah. Greg, if, you, if you're listening, I know you're not, but if you are, <laughs> shout you know, out. Big shout out to big Greg. Big shout out to Greg. We love you. But, um, it was, Greg was the first, and I knew he had had years in the exper- in experience in the um, uh, live touring and production management. He had worked with Live Nation for a bit as well, doing uh, uh, like promoter assistant work on a um, what tour did he do again? Uh, Paramore, Paramore, Paramore tour. So yeah. he he had a lot of experience in that world. I think he um, he wanted to come back into the dance music world for at least for a bit. So. Hired him for the live touring side of it, strictly the tour managing and, you know, all the road stuff, all uh, all of that. But, you know, when it came to the actual, like, management company and sort of the administrative and, and running management things, I got to a point where I needed someone else yeah, to, you're up to, your neck. to do it. You know, I couldn't just do literally everything, right? So, uh, yeah, that's where the conversation I talked to, uh, to Joe and Andrew and uh, was like, well, maybe it makes sense to find someone that they're comfortable with, that they trust, that they like hanging out with. And uh, I'm pretty sure we did your first job interview, semi-job interview at like 4 o'clock in the morning at a nightclub <laughs> yep. in downtown yeah. Toronto. Yeah, that's the way it works. It was like the lights were on. We were all drinking around this bar like after the owners put the lights back up or whatever. And, um, and I was just like, oh, Matt, by the way, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. the boys mentioned that I should hire you. And he was like, oh, like, you know, <laughs> one eye open. And I was like, so why should I hire you? And he's like, oh, we're doing this right now. Okay. <laughs> Smeez, I, I can just picture Smeez just sober up. Okay. Well, here's my qualification. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm a dual citizen. Gee, sorry, don't forget. Yeah. I got my resume right like, here. Yeah. And don't forget, I'm American. So, yeah. 
But no, it was, uh, yeah, that would have been December 2018. 2018, yeah. Yeah. And that was around Andrew's birthday. And the reason why I remember oh, that. Oh, we went to Vegas that weekend. We went to as Vegas. Well. And, uh, and that was the big part of the initiation. And we do that with actually everyone who's. who's yeah, we did that with Jordan. I hired Connor, too. Yeah. We brought him to Vegas. So, uh, first, like, first time, like, you, I mean, you've been down to Vegas. It's like a different, obviously, experience. But then when you go with the artist that's playing, it's a whole nother level of, like, well, first craziness. Of all, we got blackout <laughs> on the, on the, uh, plane ride in. That That's was the, the first thing was that I upgraded everyone to business class. We oh, had like a, Adrian, you're, so we were doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was like well. you know, it was his first time there. I wanted Fair to enough. you know, and it, Air Canada Rouge. Everyone's been on economy in Air yeah, Canada yeah. Rouge. It's, it's, yeah, it's tough. Meanwhile, I'm at it's the tough. back of the plane. Like, hey, give me another one of those little <laughs> bottles. <laughs> but yeah, so we got we got a little bit drunk on the on the flight down, and Greg um, was on keto for the longest time. Do you know? And, actually, told me that. Hmm? That he was doing key, like not. He well, told that's me how that he, he did lost, it. That's how he like, lost 40, all the way. Pounds or yeah. something. Yeah, because yeah. I remember meeting him went to Copacabana. This is maybe about four or five months ago now, or right when he left with working with you guys. So mm-hmm. probably what February? Yeah, January? Bit, uh, March first was his last. Yeah, so day, around so yeah. February we went to uh, Copacabana, and he was telling me he's like, yeah, I used to be big. I was like, what? Like, very big you're like a small person like, I mean, he was like big he, he must have been like 235 yeah that's what he said he's like yeah there's like another like third of me i was like what yeah so like, yeah keto but the the side effect of keto is that you don't have any carbs in your in your stomach so, so you got when you drink, you drink you're you're a cheap oh, date like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. oh like uh, three four drinks so sweets is like yeah um, toss me those extras <laughs> so we so we were just i mean we were drinking like pretty heavily on this um Four and uh, a half this, hour flight, on this, yeah. yeah, four and a half hour long flight, and after Greg had like his third scotch, he was like, and he doesn't really drink a lot either, so he was like, he was done, and but we kept drinking, and he got so drunk that he was like, I need something to eat that's gonna stop this from happening. So he goes into the galley. We started making friends with the flight attendants or whatever. He goes into the galley and starts grabbing Kit Kat bars and bags of chips <laughs> yeah. and stuff, and he's telling this flight attendant. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I've been on keto for, like, you know, six <laughs> months now or whatever, a year now, and it's worked great. Like, da, 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 <laughs> and, and he's just, just tossing them back. Stuffing, like, all the sugar and carbs oh, yeah. you can ever imagine. And she's like, are you sure you're on keto? He's like, yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. But <laughs> So we get off the plane. He is done. And I remember Matt was like, where do we go right now? And I, and <laughs> Greg, he's like, Greg, uh, we, la- well, we landed at, like, one in the morning. And the uh, normally they have a check-in area, like a uh, it's like a VIP slash whatever the heck check-in where they already have our keys and stuff. But if you come at one in the morning, they don't have that open SOL. anymore. Not a thing. You stand in the regular line. And all I saw was I was like, "Where did Greg go?" He's like, "No, we can still check in VIP. It's fine." <laughs> and I'm like, "No, no, like it's closed." And you see him there banging on the door of where the VIP was. And I am standing so confused because th- this is my f- absolute first time there. And Greg's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. I got it taken care of. And he's like, I do. I did this for years with Dubs. I lived in Vegas. I know yeah, what I'm doing. Vegas, yeah. And he was just, people were just looking at him, banging on this door that clearly said closes nightly at 11 p.m. <laughs> like, hello, I need Smeezy's to check in. just like, what I get myself into right now? I was just going to say that. This guy's like, well, I got to manage this? Like, what the hell? And then what we, the first night, we started off strong. We went to El Cortez, which is... Dollar blackjack. Dollar blackjack, local casino, as about as classy as you'd expect. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then just a crazy wild night after that. But oh, then yeah. 
we, nah, you guys were in bed by midnight. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, yeah, midnight. Sure. Up at the spa <laughs> next day. Yeah. Some, did oh, some workouts yeah, in. And no, yeah. you know what the funniest was? That we woke up and the uh, so the partners that we work with there, the Hawkinson group, uh, took us out to do supercar driving. And, oh yeah. yeah i just and picture so, entourage right now and so i am yeah. i am so hungover and waking up like getting a call from adrian being like yo we gotta go do this and i'm like uh yeah totally like i'm right there like trying to trying to impress like you the know president of the company was the president there. of the company and so they just hand me the keys to an audi r8 and they're like go as fast as possible i'm like this Jeez. is not responsible whatsoever <laughs> but this is vegas i'm in <laughs> It just felt so like America. This is what I love about Vegas. It is just America. Like, oh yeah, America. I, I, the like, land I of the free, the home of the brave. Uh, like, I don't have my driver's do license. Do. I don't drive, so I was just sitting there dying, like eating a freaking like I don't even know, like a cheeseburger or something, <laughs> watching them fly around the the track. But it was so we were not too far away from an outdoor shooting range. So in the background, all you just hear is ba 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 ba, and then <laughs> you see them driving in their cars just burning Ripping fuel just around in a 160 circle. miles an hour down the straightaway and we're relatively Jesus. close to an air force base so you see the like, like the, f-15s yeah, flying yeah, over so it's just grenades going off jets. it was just like whoa. guns i'm just picturing like you know scene of uh, yeah, yeah, the, worst the worst place you could be for a hangover base yeah, I, I just, just loud well, and funnest like, but like worse yeah. in terms of yeah. i'm picturing oh, yeah. the, like opening scene of iron man like tony stark's in the background raises his hand and all explosions go off you guys just ripping around on race cars it was oh, yeah. a wild, wild, wild way to start. So then, you know, we, we do our thing uh, throughout the day and then we end up playing the show, uh, you know, had a, had a ton of fun there and we're celebrating Andrew's birthday, which was like two days later in, in Toronto. And but we did an early this, celebration in Vegas. That's right. That's right. And they, and the, the Hogson group got him this like big, beautiful cake and you know, we we'd had a ton of fun that night, and the best decision that everyone had come to was my initiation was to get caked with this cake. <laughs> and so, you know, they were doing their thing, pulling out all the toppers from from the cake, but unfortunately, there was one left. Hard plastic. Hard plastic stuck in the cake. Very sharp. So, you know, we're all sitting in the green room, and they're like, yeah, one, two, three, and Andrew slams the cake into my face. And, you know, I didn't really feel much at that time because obviously like half in the bag, half in the bag. <laughs> and it's about three <laughs> thirty like in the morning. Yeah, it was we, it was a goner. So, uh, you know, they're wiping up the cake after and, and Adrian's like, oh, yeah, you still got a little bit of icing left. And yeah, it's all red. And I wipes through and I'm it's like, just, that's blood. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm full on bleeding down the side of my face right below my eye because, you know, we didn't realize it. And I just see Andrew's just like, oh my god! It was like god. right here. If we move that cake just an inch close, like right, it it right like, in the eye, Fetty Wap. No, 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 just a straight, just a straight cut. I actually have. The, there's a photo. It was on my bad. Instagram it was on your, your cheek, yeah, right, right here, right for, here, like Nelly like style. Months. Like I should have put the bandaid over and like no, you yeah, know, wrapped yeah. it up. It was there for a long time. But uh, but yeah, it was there for a while, and you know. Obviously, with all of this stuff, like I'm speaking with my parents at the end of the weekend, they're like, "So, how was everything? How was the start?" And good, I was like, "Good first well, couple days. Uh, this was the start to my new job." But yeah, I mean, ever since it's been uh, it's been a wild journey, but it's been, I mean, we try to keep incredible. things interesting here at Northside Arts. <laughs> yeah, apparently, yeah. Well, speaking of like being a wild journey, how was it? Because we kind of skipped over. What was it like living on a bus for seventy four? How many seventy four days? It's something. Like it's that. like summer camp. Mixed with the fraternity, mixed with I I don't Wait, even know the last component. Yeah, so uh, it started in the 
it started October, no? It's, no, um, it started September. 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 So okay. it was actually like 105, like 105 well, Summer camp Texas. is a metaphor, Rick. Not directly summer. Like, <laughs> am I correct in that yeah, assumption? So yeah, like winter camps. Correct. It's not like they were sitting outside in shorts and a kitty. But when we started, we started going canoeing. Yeah, we did start in the south, and it was like you know, eighty to a hundred degrees Fahrenheit every mm-hmm. day in like Texas, Arizona, mm-hmm. like California, a lot of those start, places. Did it start in te- Texas? It started in Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, did the first three or four shows. Yeah, first show was in Austin, then uh, Houston, the, then Dallas. Yeah, and so um, you know you have like your best buddies basically on this on this bus and you're going in and playing crazy shows every single night but you know you're you're in that life for the entire time there's no break from it because i mean you know between typically i'm in the office doing all that work so i was up 9 9 30 every single day bouncing across the time zones making sure that all the shows were organized for the week and then on top of that, also working the shows with the guys. You know, we did photo lines after every single show. We may have had fraternity after parties. I handled the the merchandise, so cl- like counting that up each night. So I mean, we were up basically until like five or six in the morning. And, and that you guys was were on the road too, right? Like a lot of the same night. Yeah, every almost every night. I mean, the way we routed it was like. Um, the bus was pretty much moving by 4 or 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. every single night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because remember we were in Chicago. We flew yeah. into Chicago. You guys did back-to-back nights. So the second night we were going to come, but our plane got delayed. Yeah, yeah. And then I think you guys were basically on the road by like midnight or something. So I think we, the bus took... No, that was a bit... That was the longest one. That was the, that was the Philadelphia early, one. Oh, yeah. That was, that was, that the was a really, yeah. really long so one. So that, that night we had to leave right at like... I want to say it was like two in the morning maybe i, I want to it one. may have been earlier because it was one of those early shows it was the, one of the early yeah we, and that's how you missed you guys we are it was a yeah. weird yeah they were on stage by like 9 p.m off by 11 and all we had time to do was remember we went to that pizza place mm-hmm. and then right after that it was like they had to go right back to the bus because they had to be on the road by like one in the morning just because uh they had a what was it 13 hour drive to philadelphia at least yeah Jeez. It was like 13 hours straight to Philadelphia. But the nice part was with any long drive or any drive for that matter is I was sleeping the, you know, yeah. for the most yeah. part. You catch you have a little bit. You can catch yeah. a little bit and then you had your Wi-Fi. You had cable. We, we had like every that game was, system. That you had was the best part. There was a microwave and there was satellite TV. So you could watch Jerry Springer and you could eat Hot Pockets for like seven <laughs> hours. I love yeah. how we go that from, like you gym. guys probably did 70 days of eating crap and then that's, that's, to that 100 days of eating super clean. And that's why we needed it. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly why we needed it. Because we were drinking every single night, you know, eating just whatever I was drank available. I 12 Diet Cokes in one day on that. Pill. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, oh, I was, have a video And you probably smoked the pack, too. Oh, I was... And the best... Like, I mean, you could smoke in the front of the bus, right? So I was just, like, yeah. nonstop, like, just chain-smoking cigarettes, drinking Diet Cokes, eating Hot Pockets, and all sorts of frozen <laughs> shit. <laughs> I and, can imagine you guys going to, like... Walmart down there just all, buying a bunch. Oh, of, like, you you all, all your out like you stock. can literally stuff your freezer in Middle America with absolute trash that you can microwave in sixty <laughs> seconds. Your whole freezer is full for like twenty seven dollars. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you guys eating like hungry yeah. man pizza oh, pockets. Oh uh, yeah. For when uh, on Thanksgiving when I had the turkey dinners. For oh everybody. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very nice. <laughs> hungry man turkey dinners. That was our Thanksgiving, and then. What was it? Entering Vic- or leaving Vancouver into Victoria. Spent a hundred bucks at Seven Eleven. Yeah, and then he challenged me actually to eat 
a whole block of cheese. I have a video of it somewhere yeah. where we're all chanting, eat the brick. And he had to eat, it was a whole brick of Monterey yeah. Jack cheese. So you, yeah, we... After he had three Hot Pockets. Yeah, that was that was the, the whole challenge. So yeah, didn't I you, mean... you vomited at the ferry when you did that? No, right? no I didn't vomit. Didn't vomit. I had to uh, to run to the washroom really quick. Just, you know, we <laughs> oh, don't yeah. need to we'll get into it, those yeah, details. Yeah, we'll leave it there. But, uh, but yeah, that was, that was an interesting two-hour ride i was really uncomfortable after, i was sure. i was so drunk and i was just like eat the bread eat the cheese <laughs> would you, what would you say is one thing that you guys took away from it like like was there a learning experience i mean you know you've been in this industry I guess, a little bit longer but from for both of you like there's something yeah. you took away from it that will help with future tours or something no, that, like you learned that you never want to do a bus tour again like well, that, that was real touring i mean the thing about and i'm not saying that the touring we did before wasn't real but when you fly in and everything, you know, you go to a nightclub or you go to a venue like, you know, like Rebel in Toronto, for example, where it's, you know, you already have like the beautiful venue and all the lights are already there and the LED walls there and it, everything's already the sound system's great. You know, all you need to do is just walk in and sort of play. That's the that's the privilege that DJs have in a way is that in most cases when they DJ, they just come in and play at USB's you know in, ready to go. some beautiful mm-hmm. gorgeous nightclub. Someone picks you up at the airport. You stay at a nice hotel. You eat a nice dinner, and like it's almost like like life can't get any better. But when you do a bus tour, I mean, you're what the number one. A lot of the venues you're walking into are what are, what are called hard ticket rooms. So they're concert venues. They're literally you walk in, you have to bring all your own stuff. And we had to bring we had a whole production uh, you know rig that we brought in every night, and our team had to set it up, take it down, everything. And and you deal with, you know, venues that don't really understand the difference between a DJ or a band or a rapper or a, a whatever. Like, it's just to them, they don't understand what's going on. It's not to their, you know, nothing against them. But, you, you know, you kind of have to come in and take control of the show in a way. Whereas, uh, you know, if you go play at Hawkesson Nightclub in Vegas, it's like... I they, mean, they, they know what they're doing. They're, mm-hmm. they're pros. They, you know, they, they do this. They, uh, the whole team there has done this day in and day out for years and years and years. And and you when you walk in, it's almost like you're like, wow, is this seriously, like, is this even touring? Like, this is, you know, this is great. I'm going to a spa right now. Like, <laughs> you know, but it really gives you a better, um, I think, a better perspective and a better understanding of what touring really actually is and what it, you know what it is for a lot of artists and if you want to take you know an act to that next level you have to do that type of tour and you have to have your stage and your your area you know your production look the you know the exact same every single yeah, night consistency. And, and, and you know develop the brand and we did it, it was the nights like this tour we wanted it we had a whole thing that we did for it you know yeah, a, yeah. a whole and we rehearsed it for weeks and everything so you know that it, it puts things into perspective that, yeah. a, a lot a tour like that and yeah. what about you i think for my side especially being you know mostly in the office in terms of the experience that i had leading up to it it gave me the opportunity to see how everything was put together and have a better understanding so the decisions that we make from the back end and how those actually translate is to see what actually works and what it's, doesn't before that matt you had maybe been to a handful of shows. Yeah, it, it's in maybe seven or eight in the last couple months. Like it's it sort of sprinkled here and there. That yeah, I, I would head down to them. So you know, when we were putting this tour together and and putting the staff together, it's it's having an idea of what to actually look for when you're you know boots on the ground, right? When we were setting up these press opportunities, 
you know, logistically putting these things together, you know, there would be little hiccups or things that like, you know, traffic over here or whatever, when you're going and planning these things and you're so go, 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 you know, there's that perseverance that comes through and really testing yourself in terms of being able to pull something like this off, which is a huge undertaking. I think a lot of people really miss, uh, misunderstand what actually goes into this because we started planning the tour in what January of that year. I mean, the I, idea may I've have been, started beforehand. Yeah. I've been planning. Originally, it was going to be a sprinter bus tour or a sprinter van tour. Like one of those little, you know, those Mercedes oh, I know exactly vans. what you're talking about. How do you... Well, it wasn't going to be as extensive as it turned out to be. Yeah. Um, I would say, originally, I started thinking about this in early, um, early 2018, was coming up with some sort of an idea to do a ground-rooted tour. And then the idea kind of grew and grew and grew to the point where... I think we all kind of agreed at one point, you know, we need to do a bus tour. We need to really do yeah. real venues, real, um, you know, have a real production, have a team. We had a, what was it, we, eight person team, six or six people plus the boys, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, at least. And, and then had, it sort of filled in place to place. I'm trying to think. So we had you, uh, Carrot, Carrot, Luke, Luke, Clay, Richie, Greg, Greg um, Andrew Joe. And, uh, I mean, technically, uh, Ice Pack, too. Ice Pack, our bus our driver. driver. Our bus driver. Sick name. The cool, yeah. So Ice Pack. You, I if think you, Andrew might have mentioned this name once, I think, but yeah. That it's, guy was something. It's, a legend. It's funny you mention this, too, because we, we, so I was going to ask, like, oh, you say legend, like, he's done a lot of bus tours, like, he's that oh, guy. Yeah, yeah. So he's mostly in the heavy metal scene, I believe. But he said he did driving. a Vici's tour. He called him Da Vinci or Da Vinci. <laughs> um, and then he had done a couple other random ones, but who was the the main band that he he still tours? It's a with? metal band, yeah. There is three. He's the go-to guy. Yeah, I don't know. Some yeah, some thrash, heavy so metal band. Like yeah. Thrash Ice Pick. What a name! I said the, uh, so, so that guy was literally a Florida man. Yeah, like he was, <laughs> he's from Florida, so it made sense. But and there was I mean, no nonsense with the man. Like the guy would come back on the bus, he'd be taking out his broom and like smacking it against the doors, basically like. All right, everyone's getting in the bus. If anyone's if not John here, Andrew, I don't care. We're leaving at yeah, 7 a.m. Yeah, absolutely. Like if they didn't make it back in, in time, you would leave. Like, nope, gone. And he, because he had to to hold himself to a certain amount of yeah. hours, right? Yeah. That's another thing that you like don't even think of is like you can't drive. Here's 20 the smallest hours. thing, like you, you know, your bus driver can't drive this this certain distance, and that's just like one component of like getting you there. But then there's all the other sides of yeah. Of it's like the, the time wasn't like the exactly the most um, sensitive accepting <laughs> sensitive liberal type he, there's a good chance he doesn't listen to this podcast you can he does not listen to this podcast <laughs> but like he wasn't exactly a um he was he was very 1950s in a lot of ways if, to put it to say the least and um i mean it's you gotta understand it's tough to find someone who's willing to drive a bus for 76 days or whatever like not in a row and and yeah. this is something that he lives his life on the road right but he, I mean, he, what I found so funny about him was he was like the bougiest, like, you know, hillbilly I've ever met in my <laughs> life. He was one of those guys where he was like, damn it, like, I don't want to, and by the way, I need pH balanced water. <laughs> like, he had these, yeah. like, certain things. He was like, he needed his low fat Greek yogurt. Yeah. Who it's the hell touched my chaboni? <laughs> what? <laughs> and I was like, 
What? what? Come on. Yeah. yeah. And he, he needed his, he's like, I don't ask for a lot of things, but I need my alkaline water. And he's like, when there's a gym, it needs to make sure it was a particular certain thing that he needed in his well, gym. Well, he carried so around a bench press. He did that too, which I found kind of hilarious. Yeah. And very, rode a bike everywhere. Very he was really vibe. in shape. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, God, was a character. <laughs> I just remember when he was yelling at Greg, our, our TM, like, literally just telling him he was like, you know, damn you and this and that. And I didn't even get pH water this morning. You know? <laughs> really? And Greg's like, man, I, I, got, I got bigger problems to worry about. Yeah. That's that, so funny. Uh, you mentioned that even the sprinter, how you were thinking about doing a sprinter too. We had a couple of other um, artists on maybe a little while ago that that's like one thing that they thinking about doing because it makes sense, right? Again, a lot of luxury is a little bit bigger, but you know, what other way do you connect with people than doing a small well, ride. plus you can create great content on these things too well the thing that you that you don't really have in your control when you're um when you're touring sometimes is like where you're going in a way and what i mean by that is like now that loud luxuries at a certain point we're able to decide all right we're gonna this weekend we're gonna cover or this month we're gonna cover the northeast and yeah. then we're gonna cover because we can get what are called holds or avails from uh from venues being like, yeah, we'll book loud luxury. Like, we'll, you know, get, let us know what day works for you. Or this is what, you know, we can like, especially if it's planned like long in advance. Yeah. But we, we, we're at a point where now we're able to sort of choose, like, you know, we'll let venues know when we're available kind of thing. But for a long time and for a lot of other artists, you don't really get that luxury, you know? Um, and for us, I mean, there were times where I remember once we flew from like Halifax to the Bahamas to like Boston to freaking like Seattle to Houston. Like that was our routing, yeah. which was like craziness. But the thing about the Sprinter van is it allows you to control a little bit more. Like even if you don't get the most ideal dates and everything, you don't have to worry about like, you know, there was one time where we played in, um, I think it was Boston actually, where we played in Boston and we weren't getting paid a lot of money. But we got screwed because there was a huge conference in town that weekend. And the cheapest hotel was like 400 US dollars a person. We had to pay for hotels. So it was like, you know, if there was three of us traveling, it was like we were, I think, getting paid $1,000 if we were lucky on uh, on this like supporting show. But then we had to pay $1,200 in hotel rooms. Yeah. And then we had to pay for flights. And then we had to, <laughs> but if you're on the, the Sprinter van, you're able to sleep on those things. You're able to like, and relatively comfortably you're able to, you know, um, decide when you get in, when you get out. There's not all that overhead of, like, you know, potentially expensive flights or expensive hotels. It gives artists actually a great... More freedom. A, well, it gives them an opportunity to actually not completely lose their shirts or, even worse, have to say no to a, a gig because they, they can't afford the back end of it, mm -hmm. right? Because there's a lot of these venues will just be like, look, I got a thousand bucks for you, take it or leave it. Or I got $500 for you, take it or leave it. Whereas all you're worried about on a sprinter van is food and gas, really. Yeah. yeah. At, that, at that point in your career too, like the more shows, the more exposure you get, the better. And but that's what you need. Yeah. I mean, if you can, and you know, and I mean, obviously now Joe and Andrew feel differently about it, but um, you know, there was a point where they were like, there's 365 days in a year. That means we could do 365 shows, right? Like, you know every day that you're on the road or you're in front of an audience, even if you just gain one more fan, it's worth it, right? For sure. Well, how many shows did you guys play in 2019? And then how many were you scheduled for 2020? Uh, did about 190 shows, I yeah. think. 180 190? or 190 in Holy 2019. Wow. We were going to do about 120, 125 in 2020. 
Wow. Did you guys cut back? Like to your point, you just made. Earlier, I would have attended. Did you 100. cut back because? Well, number one, I guess the, with the tour out, does that reduce it? And did you just say, you know what? Like we don't want to go through another like that many shows in that many days. Like, is it, there a rhyme or reason, or just you only wanted to book that many? It was really more so just the the tour. It's how you you know how you tour as well. And you want to make, you know, a lot of our focus for this year was supposed to be our Vegas residency, right. Atlantic City residency, and uh, and a lot we, of festivals. Sorry, we were actually thinking about going to Atlantic City for the um, half marathon or the marathon. Yeah. And then we I were hoping it would have lined free up. free flights and hotels to, like, Atlantic City Harrow's, I guess. I don't know who's sending yeah, me from man. Vegas. I go to <laughs> Vegas some, mm. sometimes. And we were like, should we just go? And he's like, yeah, they have a residency. I'm like, fuck it, let's go. Actually, the, the venue there that we played, it's an MGM property there. called Borgata. Yeah, I heard it's gorgeous there. It's actually, like, it's a proper... Like feels like a Vegas Vegas. Well, I heard it's the closest thing to Vegas. Like it's in this part of it's by far the closest thing to Vegas in in um, the northeast. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. 100%. Right. So, all right, we're back on the road, George. Back Atlantic City. <laughs> we're back. We're back in Atlantic City. We're back on again. Well, now that this, I mean to even jump forward a little bit, now that this happened uh, with COVID and everything, I, I'm assuming that's cut down a lot of shows, or have they just been pushed back to later dates? How is that work? How well, is that looking they, I now? mean, a lot of them have been just completely cut because a lot of them were, were part of residencies where we were playing almost every weekend in Vegas. I mean, we were doing, I think it was 36 shows in Vegas this year, wow. mm-hmm. uh, six in Atlantic City, uh, and then like four or so in Florida as well at the Hard Rock there. And then obviously we, we play a lot oh, at Live yeah. and Story. Great spot. Yeah, you guys yeah, were, yeah, we, we went there. Yeah, we yeah. Were, you guys were with us there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we did 11 the next night. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah I was, was, uh, I was out. That was the day we did the courtside <laughs> seats. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah that was we saw, we yeah. in the floor in my, uh, Miami Heat game. Yeah, Tyler yeah. Hero, our boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Florida's crazy. Yeah, that. Um, I mean, we were supposed to do all all those shows, but I mean, when you you can't really when you're on a residency schedule or whatnot. I mean, you can't. Uh, I mean, as soon as things get back, we have our our dates for Vegas through the end of the year. Like you know, we'll hopefully um, you know sometime in August or September things will start to come back and we'll be able to go and play those shows again. But uh, yeah, there. I mean, pretty much every show is either rescheduled to next year or just lost. Yeah, you know. Yeah what's um what's some of your favorite moments like just maybe even in general you working together was it some moments on the bus tours and maybe before the bus tour maybe video shoots give us like some one of your one or two your favorite moments Hmm. for me i got two for me it was um i used to go to vegas a lot um you know, there was like, uh, you know, working at Inc. It was just, you know, a place that we would go. It was Vegas sometimes for, like, yeah. a, for like a Bud Light, you know, trip or something. Like a uh, Bud Light living trip or, a, you know, MGD would bring a bunch of people down for like, you know, to basically convince venues to sell MGD, sell MGD you know, those kind of trips or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, cigarette companies and liquor companies did them all the time. Age was like, and ooh, the cigarette companies. The cigarette company. That, I'll like, take should, 10 cartons. The, the cigarette parties used to be the best parties, and then those got outlawed, but those were those were great. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. There was, I remember one at Maison where it was like Steve Lawler was DJing, and they were like going around with little Philly Mignon sliders from Pusateri's and like just Grey Goose fucking shots all around. Like, and I don't have to pay for any of this. Like, no. <laughs> cigarettes are (laughs) (laughs) that's it but um no i'd say the um so i mean going to vegas all the time you know the place that i would meet the art you always tell at hawkeson you would always uh there's a spot by a fountain where the where the hawkeson team meets the artist which is by the elevators that um you know that's where i would always be told by the artist like oh meet me by those fountains 
And I always saw, you know, the Hawkesong guys coming and meeting them. And it's like this really exciting. It's like you feel like you've made it because you walk through the casino. You see the billboards everywhere with the artists, you know, if it was Dubs or it was Tiesto or whoever. But, um, you know, you'd, you'd see their face everywhere. And it was just like you'd walk past the line of Hawkesong. where it was a packed nightclub. Yeah. And you go in, and it's, I mean, it's one of the best nightclubs in the world. And, you know, I was just like, man, like, when Loud Luxury, like, you know, like, or, or any artist that I met, but I, this, I mean, it was Loud Luxury. It was like, I would just, what I would do to have that, like, you know, feeling that of, moment. like, meet me by the fountains, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then I remember when we played our very first show with them, once we did the deal and everything, the artist liaison texted us, like, please meet us at 11.30 p.m. in front of the fountains of the West Wing Tower. And I was like, oh, I've been I mean, waiting for that it. text forever. That's text. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. And that's when you knew. That's when I was like, that was, I, a, that was a random moment. That was, like, that was a good, good moment. And then the second one was at Tomorrowland last summer, where, you know, everyone geez. sees the videos at Tomorrowland and shit. And uh, it was really, really cool because they won the first weekend, which I was only there one of the two weekends. The first weekend they played the um, the main stage, and um, and it was cool seeing everyone start to pile in for like you know uh, like twenty minutes before Loud Luxury was going on for uh, for their set, but then on the second on the mezzanine on the balcony area, you see there must have been fifty Canadian flags, and they did like a Canadian meetup, and it was really cool to see like just the whole top was just covered with Canadian flags. You're in the middle of Belgium. Like you're in a literally farmland like, in Belgium. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of people at this and there's Yeah, exactly. Like they do 180,000 people yeah, like or something. Ridiculous. I don't know. It's something crazy, but um, I mean, cool festival within itself, but it's really cool to see, you know, the Canadian thing too. Yeah, it's yeah. like just seeing all the, the flags of the Canadians that were there. So you actually knew they were for sure there to see you sort of thing. Yeah. Not just like, Happened some guy from Germany who was on his way to go <laughs> see someone else. And somehow into stumbled yeah, into, yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, those are my two. Smeeds, what about you? Uh, Minus the cake in the face. Obviously, that's got to be a big one. That weekend, Um, I'd have to say our New York show on the bus tour for me was like there was so many things going on. At least for myself in that moment, was that it was the first time my family had ever been to a loud luxury show. And oh, that's a good one, we man. blew the doors off this place. What, what venue? Uh, Avant Gardner. Avant Gardner. But we had like 4,000. Is that the rooftop yeah. one where it's like so open? So they do it in the summer. This was in November. We So the Brooklyn Mirage, Avant Gardner is part of, they do Brooklyn Bro- Mirage. Brooklyn Mirage yeah. is like the rooftop. And then the main concert venue is the the Great Hall, which uh, is the indoors. You. But we were, we were indoor because it was yeah. like November 20th yeah. or something. And it's this cool old warehouse set up. And we had like 20. Twelve to fifteen thousand dollars worth of fire that was going off. We had fireworks, everything, and like this was the like one of the biggest production shows, and like something I had obviously you know helped in in putting together, and like having my family up here, and then like sort of sitting back on the stage with all of this stuff going off, crowd going insane, and then just seeing Andrew and Joe because for so many years you know I'd seen them in London Music Hall, like. We were down in the Sigma Chi basement, like, you know, just our like, like exactly like all these little venues and to see, you know, where all that hard work had finally brought them to and to see like people losing their minds of all places, which is also my hometown. So Uh, it was just like everything sort of piling in together. It was just like I had one of those moments for like five seconds where like I just completely spaced out and thought about it and I was just like, whoa. This is insane that this is like all come together yeah, and like yeah, yeah. I every, that, that's been their best show so far. It was yeah? definitely that, Bro, New York that was show. the coolest show. I mean, like the LA show was pretty good too. I like yeah, show. that but, that uh, the spark 
yeah, waterfall never let that we had. Do that again in, inside that. <laughs> do you know what's funny? When we were in Copenhagen, actually, Greg let me do the CO two. <laughs> I don't think he let you. I think <laughs> that's not what happened. I saw the video. That is not what happened, Rick. I was there. Rick number one was like. He, I, I saw it was in front of me. Okay, we were in this like the booth was the size of where we're sitting. They make the button so appealing though. That's it's a classy yellow. It's yellow with a red yeah. button. Are you kidding me? Like I'm not gonna touch it when the, I'm like 13 the booth, deep. The booth was as big as this, and Greg yeah, says, "Guys, go in for two minutes." But like, get the hell out! Like you guys can't fit in here. So Rick's like, "Let's just go." So we all go in. Greg's like, "Whatever." And then Joe and, and Andrew are like, "Yeah, you guys can stand on that side." But it's like under a staircase, so it's like picture like in a house under a staircase. That's the DJ booth. And I walk in, I see the button, and I was like. I'm like, Rick's like, is that what I think it is? I was like, yeah, man. I look at Greg. He's like, he, and I'm like, okay, like, that's fine. I'm not going to touch it. I'd like, I'm just happy to be here. And Rick's like, picks it up and he's like, no. Yeah, he's doing that. And he's like joking. And then he's like, he's like, you know, I'm going to do it. And then this buildup's going, buildup's going. And you hear Rick yell LFG like a hundred times. But I think, and I'm, then just like slams I it. I think but, I was like half a second it. off. No, he missed it and he holds it. Yeah, I can't remember. And Greg's like, let go, let go. We only have like three, like three blasts of it, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. Then he let me do it in, at the Toronto, the Rebel show. He's like, are you going to get it right? I'm like, I promise I'll get it right this time. I'm like, 100%. Bro, I'm premature on that one. Yeah, no, I didn't know. I was good in the Toronto show because it was like <laughs> a song where it was like a, like a second delay on Copenhagen the drop. Copenhagen was mm. sick. Yeah, Copenhagen was. So I remember the kind of detour a little bit, but we were in Ibiza. I can't remember if it was Joe or Andrew. One of them FaceTimed me for my birthday. And they're like, oh, what do you guys... Because I think they were supposed to be in Ibiza that same week, but schedule changed or something. So you guys were there a week before. Oh, yeah. Shibaya. We switched yeah. one of our Ibiza shows to... Uh, yeah. 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 So I think the, the timing didn't work out. So like, oh, we're in Ibiza. And Joe's like, oh, you should come to Copenhagen. I'm like, well, it's kind of on the opposite end of like the direction we're going. We're going back home. You we're going to go to Barcelona. Copenhagen's east. We need to go west. And he's like, you won't come. And I'm like... No, I'm probably not coming. He's like, you won't do it. You, when you were younger, you no, would have done it. Then you looked at me. You're like, you're like, I'm like. George is like, I got points, and I'm like, my other buddy Kia's like, I got points. And I'm like, and I was Joe's like, like, I was like, you won't do it. And I was like, you won't do it. You don't even party anymore. You're soft. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, Joe. I'm like, f you. Like, it's on, Georgie. Pull up the lot. The well, not what happened. It's not what happened. We said let's flip a coin, and if it like so like heads we go, tails we don't. So I, we pick up a coin, and we're standing at the island. We're also pre-drinking, getting ready to go to like I think Calvin Kyle Harris or something. something. Yeah. yeah, Calvin Harris at Ushuaia. And I, I'm like, are you guys sure? Like whatever this says, we're gonna do. So we fucking flip it, Rick. It's his birthday. He's like heads, and it lands, and it's heads. We're like fuck. That's and we were kind cool. of disappointed, but we're like, okay, <laughs> let's figure this out now. So we're pre-drinking, trying to plan these flights, and we have to do a stopover. Oh, uh, we went from there to like Barcelona. On the way there was, it, on the was way like, there was Ibiza to Barcelona, Barcelona, Copenhagen, and we were fired up on the way there. So it's easy yeah. to do that flight, right? I think Georgie had the points. We like split the taxes, and so we get there, and it's easy when you're fired up. Georgie's got points for the hotel too. It's like everything's on yeah. the house, right? And I remember. <laughs> Greg was like, okay, yeah, Greg was like, yeah, we got this little, uh, we got this radio show. He didn't say little. He's like, we got this radio show planned out. So when I think radio show, I'm thinking like Z1035, drive a five kind of thing, right? Like, that's what I'm honestly thinking. Like a little thinking. studio audience. Yeah, a little yeah. studio yeah. audience. That's what we were thinking. I'm like, this is cool, right? I'm picturing Joe at Western never, University, like yeah, just yeah. in the booth. I've never been to one of these, right? So we get in there. He's like, okay, meet me at uh, this address. He drops a pen. So all right, we get to the hotel. We shower, we change. So we go, we're seeing like, bunch of young people just like walking all around like everyone's like getting ready to party 
I yeah. sorry, just to cut you off a second. I had also been to Copenhagen the year before. I was doing like a like a world like a took a year off to travel, and I was I went to Copenhagen, and I had been to Tivoli Gardens. So I was like walking up to this thing, and I was like, this looks so familiar. Yeah. I was like, I think this is like, like amusement park. Yeah, and, and they're at this hotel now, and I was like, I think it's around here. I don't know. You see and like then, all the posters for this like massive festival show. Mm-hmm. So then Greg's like, yeah, meet us here. So we get in there, we go upstairs, and we're like. He kind of walks us in through the hotel to this like waiting area where you can kind of basically watch the whole show. And he's like, "Yeah, so Joe and, uh, and Andrew are just finishing up their their interviews. Like they should be back in a second. I'm like, "Yo, I thought this was like a little radio show." He goes, "No, no, it's like a radio festival, like, <laughs> like kind of like Jingle Bell, but the I guess the Copenhagen, the the Denmark version of it." I was like, "Holy crap!" It was crazy. That was honestly crazy. that's a sick venue for a festival. Like it's like the oldest theme park in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was so crazy. Yeah, they put like a, like a 20 minute set, maybe. Yeah, it was just like, but it was still, radio it was still show, really right? hype. And then we did that uh, that random venue. That club was pretty fun. And that was sick. It was basically like a, a, I would it was me a of big s- house almost. Remind me of Sick Basement Knocker. Yeah, because like, yeah. like, it's like, there's like the pit, that. and then there's like the boost up, like raised on the side, and then there's the second level. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Know, that, was, that was a good time. Was that, was, uh, that was crazy. But we're at this kind of point where we usually start to wrap up. So we've got two questions that we usually ask every guest. And Uh-oh. since you guys don't listen, you guys won't know what they are. But um, <laughs> <laughs> the first question is, if, you, if there was a movie about your life, who would you want to star as you? Who played The Wolf of Wall Street again? Leo, are you kidding? Yeah. How do you remember? How do you not remember his name? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Okay, Leo. Yeah, okay. We, we've got that one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Smeeds, what about you? I'm going to take Jonah Hill on this one. I like it. I like it. That's a great answer. That's a good one. That's a good one. I like just it. Just jumping along for the ride and, uh, and going all in. Tires me. I like it. And then okay, the, the last, last one. one. If you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? Don't smoke. <laughs> Sound they're very yeah. quick. I like Adrian's it. just like, man, but still go to that sick party at Maison. <laughs> Definitely still go to their, their parties. Though. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Very good advice. Yeah, don't because the worst part is like like I said, it's been a month now. Man, I still want a cigarette, you know? Like, I, I, I used mean, to smoke as well. And the so worst part is like. this guy. Do you remember Cyrus from Inc.? Yeah. Um, yeah. so Cyrus Songad. So he was uh and he was even telling me just I, I was talking to him a couple of weeks ago. He works at Live Nation now. And or sorry, at Ticketmaster rather, but same thing. Um and he was like yeah, you know, I haven't smoked in like 10 years or 11 years. Like, I still want a fucking cigarette sometimes. And I'm yeah. like, really? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's like. This going to be long. Everybody says that. Everybody who sm- that I know who smoked their whole life says like, never goes away. Yep. That's yeah. the thing. I mean, I'm happy. I don't want one. But like, yeah. You're yeah. having a couple of Don't think yeah. about it. Yeah. Smeeds, what Smeeds. about you? Advice to your younger self. Don't sweat the small stuff. Oh, that's a Probably good, one. good yeah. one. That is a good one. I think we've had someone say that one too. Similar, maybe. Yeah, something like that. But yeah. it Why? is a good one. Um, it's just a good life motto to live by. I okay. don't know. Yeah. I still catch myself, you know, freaking out about something that's going to be irrelevant in an hour. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so, you. boys, those are some good answers. And, uh, Honestly, some great stories. We probably could have gone for like another hour and a half yeah. on this stuff. Yeah. But honestly, this well, was a lot we'll of fun. Save the next one for on the road. Because yeah. we are going to start doing some bring this up, bring us to the next Vegas, uh, the oh, next Vegas yeah. show. Yeah, oh, that <laughs> might have to be your like R-rated version. Yeah, the problem is, <laughs> is if we do the the uncensored version, yeah. we might have to go on OnlyFans. Like, <laughs> yeah. The pals after dark or something. Oh, the pals after Live dark. Live Spearman Ryan. That'll be it. That'll be. It. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good way to end, boys. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure sitting and chatting with you. 
I know we'll, we're going to be seeing a lot of each other this summer. And uh, even when you guys are back on the road, me and Georgie will, uh, the pals will, will find a way to, to visit. Yeah. Vegas incredible. soon. Heck awesome, yeah, heck yeah. All right, yeah. signing off, pals. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, pals. You like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain. And I don't remember all of my mistakes and every I got alone no one thing. You're not alright. I'm not alright. Oh,